Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses. Today's guest is they're blowing me away. I had no idea. So, you know, you go to Amazon and you say, I need a scale. And most scales are pretty dumb. They just tell you how much you weigh, but we're kind of techie. So we want that data to go into our phones. And so they're smart scales that will take your data and they'll send it to your phones. And if you search on Amazon, you'll see the top, if not the top, one of the top uh, ranked smart scales is created by FitTrack. And it's more expensive than some of the cheaper ones, like 25 bucks You is where a lot of them land. This is 75 bucks. And it's got phenomenal ratings, over 6,000 ratings, four and a half plus. What I'm getting at is I see that people like it. I see that, it's, that it sells well. I had no idea how well. I had no idea all the other products that were here. I had no idea that this was started by a dude who nearly lost it all. I know that sounds so hackneyed, so tr so trite in the tech space, but he did. And then came up with a couple of ideas that actually worked that any one of them, I would have hounded him to do an interview about on Mixergy, but he wasn't happy with them because they weren't fulfilling enough. You have parents, by the way, who are alive, who heard this, Jeff, that you said, yeah. my, that, and th when they heard you say that these other businesses aren't fulfilling enough, I've got to go and start fit track. Did they say, what are you doing? Um, yeah, they, they definitely did. I think that even started out <laughs> when I first quit my job as a investment advisor, when I was making really good money and wanting to just, you know, quit a six figure job to start a business at such a young age when I was 24 was something that I don't think they understood at that point. Uh, but I just felt that that was something that I needed to do and it was the right choice. And, uh, here we are. Here we are. All right. How much revenue are we talking about? Fit track last year, 2020. So last year we brought in $80 million. Uh, it's been our second year in business. Uh, this year would be our third year and we're on track to make 120 uh, by the end of the year. Good Lord. That's phenomenal. And this whole, <laughs> can you tell me about the, the job that you did before? This was an investment banking. You weren't happy. And it wasn't until you went to Hawaii that you said, I got to have a whole new life here. The job that you had, good paying job in finance? Yes, very, very good paying job. So I graduated university and the first job I took on was an investment advisor. Uh, I was making six figure at that time, uh, but I quit just because I wasn't happy with just, I think in the finance world, it's always about fighting for how much money you can make. And it's almost a bragging right of like, oh, I, you know, I just level up, you know, I'm making six figure now, I'm making seven figure now. And I thought that was very thrilling when I first started. And I think, you know, when you start making money and you get to where you are and you're like, okay, I have this now and I'm still not happy. So, I'm, you know, you just keep chasing for money and money. And I just felt like that was super unfulfilling. And so that's why I went to Hawaii uh, just to take a break and just kind of think what I really wanted to do. And at that time, I thought my passion was really just to start my own business. And I was really into watches back then. So I came back from my job, uh, quit my job flew to Hong Kong to learn about manufacturing. Um, and then I went to Switzerland as well to learn about art of watchmaking. And being that young, I think it was all about running business that, you know, that was cool. You know, there wasn't really much thought that went into it. And I also didn't know how much it costs to run a business at all. <laughs> I had $30,000 safe at that time. And fast forward two years in, I was $235,000 in debt. Um, everyone was like, what the hell are you doing, Jeff? I, uh, you know, like give this up, but I'm also a very stubborn person. And 
the biggest the biggest sore loser and I just didn't want to lose and I felt like you know if I stop doing that business I've kind of lost uh, so I kept going I sold everything I have to keep going you know you I sold kept my selling bed stuff. I sold my, you you sold I kept selling everything uh-huh I sold my bed, I sold my table, uh, my microwave, you know, the only thing I had remaining was air mattress, my uh, condo. Okay. And let, I let me took pause right there. You took on jobs. I see that you're going deeper on this. Let me understand why. Mm-hmm. What's the vision for this? Were you trying to create the new Rolex? Were you trying to create a smartwatch? What do you have in mind? I just wanted to create a a more modern version of rolex where it's you know it's for the adventurers you know people who just didn't fit you know uh, a square peg or whichever so it's more of like the adventurers the rule breaker because at that time one thing i really believed in was you know what you wear is almost like an expression of who you are and i wanted to express myself and i wanted to create something that people who felt the same way who you know who might felt like you know, they're the rule breakers, you know, are people who just didn't fit in what seems as normal and have something to wear and, and express themselves. So that was really the whole idea of that that initial first business. Yep. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but before we go into what you did next, what did you do right about it? And what, and what did you do wrong that got you to a place where you kept going into more and more debt? I don't think I did anything right about that first business just because I didn't have any business experience at all. Um, but didn't you I get that you were I able did, to produce the watch, weren't you? Yeah. So I think one thing I did learn was the manufacturing part of the business okay. um, and understanding that process. So I would say that's one thing I did do right. Um, I think one thing that I didn't do correctly is understanding how to run a business. You know, I think marketing especially is such an important part of the business, how to sell the product. You know, I think a lot of people build a product and expect things to come and it just doesn't work that way. Right. You really need to be able to understand how to market it, but in an efficient way as well. Because when I started spending $230,000 in debt, a lot of that is from, you know, working with marketing agencies and, running marketing campaigns that just aren't profitable. So I've learned a lot. Ooh, you start hiring a marketing agency for a brand new startup watch company instead of buying your own ads? Yes, because again, okay. I didn't have any experience, right, on how to run Facebook ads or how to run influencer ad, like zero marketing experience and working with an agency and hoping that they will be able to help me get there. And I think the problem with a founder or a CEO running a business that doesn't understand marketing is a very, very slippery slope because okay. yeah, it's just, it just, you can burn, you know, hundred thousand dollars in marketing. Give me, an, give me an example of one of the bad marketing decisions you made. So I think one thing we did was having these brand awareness campaign where we were running ads like good looking ads, you know, um, and we're not really measuring how many people are actually coming through the funnel, how uh, many people are and how are we recapturing them? Do we have a good enough creative? What is the messaging there? So there's a lot of that more technical stuff that I just didn't know how to ask a marketing agency and I just didn't know any, like what to ask either, right? Because of the lack of experience. So that's why I think it's very important for a founder to really understand marketing when they're trying to start a business. Okay. So then you're stubborn. You keep going into debt for this. It's still not working out. You sold everything. You then, at one point you had to shower in the gym. Why'd you have to shower in the gym? Would you, have, you can't sell your shower at home, right? 
I just didn't have money to buy soap at that time. I'm, okay. I mean, I had to conserve everything. Like I bought like, you know, ramen noodle for myself to eat, you know, right? and I sometimes have to split it in half, right? Just because I'm just trying to conserve. Seriously, like, this is not part of your origin story that, that's exaggerated? No, not at all. Like it was literally like, break up ramen, the 75 cent noodle bag into two. So you can make it last for two meals. Make it last longer just because I didn't know. Number one, I'm $230 in debt. I'm not making any before I started okay. my, my the first two, the two jobs. I wasn't making much money at that time. I just didn't know how much money, how long this would go on for. And I was also very stubborn that I'm not going to sell this business. So I just needed to keep this going to figure out how long I can go like that. Um, and I think it was at that time, my, my mentals, you know, like the, the depression and all this really took, you know, the worst toll and full on depression, full blown depression. What does full blown depression for you look like? You seem like a pretty, I don't know. I don't know what to say, I, but tell me what it's like to be depressed when you're Jeff Lee. Um, I would say so back in the days, depression felt like, you know, you, you really can't get out of bed. You question everything, your own ability, if you're good enough. And I think there are times as well where you ask, you know, if I'm even capable or fit to be living in this life, right? Like, am I smart enough? Uh, you were I, actually starting to think, should I kill myself? Yeah. Like, to be very honest with you, yeah, yeah. that that there are, there are many times that that happened uh, when in my first business, for sure. Why didn't you do it? I just felt like, I've worked, I've come so far to come so far and I'm going to keep going. And that was kind of what I keep telling myself. I'm like, Hey, you know, you didn't come so far to come so far, keep going like one day at a time. And Did you feel like you came far though? I, I think in my worst moments, I would say I didn't really come that far. I deluded myself and I failed, but I wouldn't even say come so far in results wise, but come so far in trying. I've came so I've tried. I've like suffered ah. for two years, or you know, trying to get there. And yes, everything might not have worked, but I've done so much to get this far. Right, You've sunk and in not, so much of your time. If you stop now, yeah. then it's all gone to to waste. That kind of a thing. Exactly. Okay. All right, and then. You said, I'm going to start another thing, another product. How'd you come up with the next product to sell away from watches? So after my first business, when and that didn't work out, finally I decided, okay, I need to, you know, like have my mental state first. So I, I went back, you know, I worked again, two jobs. But one thing I took away from that was being able to like learn the money-making skills. So I took five hours out of every day to learn Facebook ads um, Pinterest, you know, influencer, email, website conversion rate. And it was 16, 17 hours a day, but it's got, but it, I think it's those times that allowed me to learn all the skills that I needed. Um, but you're saying and, you sat down and you learned 16 hours days. How do you learn Pinterest and so, online marketing? So 16 hours days consists of that two jobs. So 12 hours okay. of, of those two jobs. And then on top of that is five hours of learning. Um, but it's gotten to the point where, I felt like I still wasn't learning enough because I wanted to like create my business, like my, I'm thinking of creating a second business, but with that rate, you know, I think I could probably create a business and knowing everything in probably a year. So I left my job uh, again. And, but that time I saved up, I think I have about two months of savings and I left my job and I made sure I learned about 14 hours every single day. And after that, I think it took me about two months to learn everything. Um, 
I launched my second econ business after. And two months after launching that second econ business, I went from you know making zero dollars um, to making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a month, and then taking all of that learning, I've, I've started growing that comp- that business from zero to eight figures. Uh, let's before let's pause. First yeah. of all, what did you learn in that time? What were you doing? Learned, Just doing no, online no. research, YouTube videos. Yeah, and what did you take yeah. away from it? To be honest, a lot of YouTube videos. I think everything that you need to learn out there's so many free information out there and i think people should really utilize it more and there's everything you want to learn about facebook ads you have plenty of youtube videos to understand that everything you want to learn about email marketing there's you know free courses there's youtube videos same thing for website conversion optimization um creative how can you create the high the highest performing ads um influencer marketing so i've learned all of that and i think that was time to put everything i've learned Okay. into uh into into so work and watching learning work. absorbing and you're starting to tell me some of the key takeaways what are some of the things that stuck with you when you were learning them i think one thing i learned is the foundation of any great marketing comes from great creative and the foundation and great creative leads to um comes from great customer understanding so i think that was my biggest takeaway so and that allowed me to launch my second uh, uh, startup, which is a home and kitchen uh, general store, where I'm able to, you know, comb through, let's say, Amazon and understand going through like home and kitchen, seeing what sells well. Number one, what's and then go what is going this through homemade kit home kitchen. Home and kitchen is like a home and kitchen niche store. Okay. Oh, that's the name of the company. No, no, no. The name of the company is called Happy Hut. It's, okay. It sells like, you know, home and kitchen stuff. Oh, home and kitchen. So you got, went in and you went to Amazon and you said, what in home and kitchen are people happy about? What are they looking for? Tell me more. Sorry. Yeah. So I looked through like number one, what's selling really well on Amazon. Um, and then I go through like the comments and, and see what are people liking about this product? What are people not liking about this product? Right. And then building my store based on that um catering to what it what do people want in the market and then allowing me by understanding going through these comments understanding why people bought that product what was their motivation what was the problem they're trying to solve allow me to build really good messaging and ads as well when i start launching my facebook ads uh, my youtube ads you know i'm able to start seeing a very great return on ads just because number one, I understand my customer, which allowed me to build really great uh, creative and ads that really resonate with the customers. What are some of the products that you sold at Happy Hut? I sold the blender as a blender bottle that did pretty well. Uh, one of our winning products. Uh, we have a Chrome pen that did pretty well as well. Um, there was an egg maker. So just a take- lot of stuff. That can you, you take see. one of those that you remember? Sorry to interrupt, but I'm I'm trying to squeeze so much out of this conversation. Can you can you remember one of those products and what you read about them on Amazon and how that influenced how you talked about it with your Facebook ads? Yeah, so I'll use the the blender bottle for example. So one the product was selling really well at that time on Amazon was a blender bottle and it had two blades. So pe- what people really like about it is how portable it is how they could bring it everywhere, um, how they could use that for in the gym, how they can use that to blend smoothie and, and fruit easily. Um, and what they didn't like about it was it has only two blades and it wasn't strong enough to blend ice. It wasn't strong enough to blend 
a lot of fruits in as well, if, if that's what you wanted to do. And I then went to, you know, the manufacturers and asked if they could build something similar, but instead of two blades, have six blades instead. So that way it's stronger. But then, so that's on the product side. And when it comes to marketing, what that allows me to do is focus on the possibility part of things, focusing on people's different journeys. So let's say if someone who's, you know, interested in just healthy, like, you know, smoothie lifestyle, you know, we're able to cater that message of, of you know, create your smoothie anywhere. You know, um, if people are interested in a more on, on, into the gym and, and workout, it's like, you know, being able to blend, uh, you know, your like make your protein shake taste tastier you know blending fruits with your protein shake so it's all of these different stuff that really allowed us to scale that specific product okay. as an example i'm i'm on uh well i'm on google i'm searching for happy hut and blender i don't see anything is there a website that you had so happy hut gadget planet those both are shut down uh and i i took those money and i've launched uh fit track uh, okay based on that but by shutting it down why couldn't you sell it um, just because number one, I just didn't have the passion in that business anymore. And that with that sort of business, which is a mixture of drop shipping and mm. white labeling, there isn't much value in that business either, um, beyond the revenue and profit that it brings. Okay. And so was this gadget, um, gadgetplanet.com? I'm That's my second, the- my third business. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to internet archive to look at it. What year was this? This was 2016, 2017, 2016. It's happyhut.co and gadgetplanet.com. Okay. Yeah. I don't see anything for gadgetplanet.com and then happyhut.co. I'll take a look at that. How much revenue yeah. and profit did you get it to? So for happy hut, I was able to scale that up to eight mil a year and gadget planet. I was able to scale that to 12. And how much profit? around a 15% margin for uh, both those stores. Okay. Did you finally feel happy? No, I think I learned a very important lesson there. I think, and that's something I felt like I should have learned from my first uh, coming up as, as an investment advisor, where I just realized that, you know, it's success is not just about making money, it's about making an impact. Um, and, I think even your passion, right? It, your passion, like for me, making watch was my passion, but I still wasn't happy there because I wasn't making an impact. And making an impact is really being of service to others. Uh, so I think that was one of the lessons I took away from those two businesses and which allowed me to think for the next business that I want to create, I want to make sure that it, it really have that making impact factor and you know being of service to others and making uh, the world people uh, live a better life. All right. I see that it looks like the robots.txt file on that site basically disallowed everything. So I can't see much in Internet Archive, but I can I can see that it was up there. What what tool did you use to build it? I'm kind of tying into my first sponsor. Shopify. Shopify. Okay. So my first sponsor is HostGator, a site for hosting a place where you can host websites. It's competitive, obviously, with Shopify. Shopify seems like a better option. Frankly, HostGator does WordPress hosting. It seems like Shopify is a better option for you because of what? I think Shopify is just a lot easier because you can just kind of plug and play. You don't really need much coding skill sets. um, And they provide 
you know, great support in terms of like the team building and, and the, the downtime as well. So I think for a beginner, I, I find Shopify really helpful in be, being allow, allowing people to just plug and play really. Okay. All right. Um, I'll be honest. HostGator is uh, great for hosting WooCommerce, which is competitive with Shopify. And Shopify is in many ways a much easier and for many people a much better solution. And I'm not looking to pretend in this ad that that HostGator is perfect for everything. The reason I've seen people use HostGator and, and WooCommerce specifically to host e-commerce is when they want to try creating multiple stores. Have you seen that? I had one person in my audience, I said, why are you doing uh, WooCommerce? And he showed me all the different stores that he was experimenting with and allowed him to create, once he created a template, to create lots of different experiences quickly. What do you think? Do you have any experience with them? Um, no, I haven't had much experience in terms with HostGator or WooCommerce. Um, I think we started with Shopify and we're still using Shop Shopify at the moment just because we're on Shopify Plus actually. And they've been very supportive on, on really helping us grow our business. Um, but we are potentially exploring down the road to open up a, our, our own custom solution. Mm. All right. Fair point. Look, in the past, I brought in guests and I've said, you talk about the sponsor in any way you like. I'm not looking for people to pretend that they use them and they love them. And I'm totally fine with them saying I'd prefer a competitor. I use HostGator uh, for WordPress hosting largely because I'm a podcaster and I need to create content up on the internet. I've recommended it at times for e-commerce, but I'm also going to be completely clear. Not all of my guests use it. And today's guest doesn't. If you're looking for a hosting solution for WordPress, for WooCommerce, I think that HostGator is a great solution. If you go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy, you'll get a great price. If it's not right for you, I'm fine with that. And I'd love for you to let me know either way. My email address is andrew at Mixergy.com. Um, so you decided I'm closing this. The, did you take any money? In the, uh, did you put any money in the bank at the end of that? Yeah, I did. I think I walked away with yeah. about 2.8 mil. Okay. Wow, I interrupt you a lot because I'm kind of excited about the story and kind no, of want it's to no There's a lot, a lot to unfold here. <laughs> so Jeff, you're a guy who who was suffering, couldn't afford to pay for soap. It almost feels too good to be true. And then suddenly you end up with 2.8. What do you do? Do you do anything to take to like celebrate? Do you do anything to feel like you deserve it, to that you did it or not? So if you were to ask me that question when I was in investment banking or when I first started a watch business, like what would I do if I have 2.8, you know, million dollars in the bank, I would tell you a completely different story of how I would spend that money than when I actually had that money. I think I've grown a lot through my first business, my second business and my third business um, to understand that, you know, that money that I have is, not just for, you know, I think I've changed as a person too, right? I'm, I'm not that partying or that person anymore. And that was almost, that was my founder. That was my seat money really to be able to build something that truly have an impact. And that's what I did. Why did you feel like you had to have an impact? I, I truly think for me, I think happiness comes from having an impact, you know, serving others. I think that gives a purpose to life. Serving others. So if I say Jeff goes, if I say Jeff serve me, you're going to feel happy. If if you said I made you a better person, I made you happy, happier. 
that makes me happy because it wasn't I enough for somebody to say I got this this blender cup and it has six blades and I'm healthier for drinking out of it. That wasn't enough. But that's not necessarily solving for I'm not making the world a better place in a way where someone's able to blend, you know, their gym workout with a banana better or someone. Yeah, I'm, I'm making their life easier, which is great. But I'm I'm still not solving a big enough issue for me that I'm making a real impact on a, a customer life, and I think that's what I'm really striving for. How can I make the biggest impact? How can I, you know, change the world in in a, in a better way? Because at the end of the day, we're all here once in this lifetime, and when we leave, it's what we leave behind and how we make the world a better place that really counts, right? So that's something that always stuck with me, and that's that's what I live my my life by, you know, being able to make the world a better place from my existence here. All right. And fit track is your place to do it. Where did the idea for that come from? So I started going to the gym um, and I was so focused on gaining muscle and I was eating so unhealthily. It's about all about being about bulking. And my dad, who was also a doctor at that time, sat me down and told me that, you know, health is everything. It's not just about weight. And if I wanted to gain muscle, I should really should be measuring that and not just weight alone. Because as we know, there's so much more that goes into weight. And in my case, I was gaining body fat. I was gaining visceral fat, you know, and of on, on top muscles as well. But I'm not able to measure that. You know, when I gain five pounds, I'm like, yes, you know, I gained five pounds of muscle. But really, it's, you know, it maybe two pounds of muscle and, you know, one pound of visceral fat, which is the fat around your organs, which is really unhealthy. And I got the smart scale and I got to see how then my daily choices from what I eat, you know, uh, how my workout, how it really affects my body, um, what I was really gaining. And it really opened me up to a new world of understanding of my health. And I wanted everyone to have the ability to do the same, you know, understanding their body better so they can make better choices on how to improve them. So... One of the problems with those scales that have the metal on the bottom to check what your body fat percentage is, is that they're just not accurate enough. I see this constantly on Amazon where someone will say, here's what this scale shows. Here's what my doctor shows. Didn't you find that when you were using one of the scales that you bought? 100%. So if you were to speak with a doctor and Every the the closest thing for you to be able to measure your 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 true body composition is an autopsy, and the second closest thing, which is considered the gold standard, is called a DEXA scan, and that's the really expensive machine that people go to hospital to get scanned. Smart scales, it depends on the brand of different smart scales that you get. Some of them are three percent off the gold standard, some of them are five percent off the gold standard, and some of them are even more seven percent. However they will be consistently off by 3% or 5% or 7%. So if a doctor will always recommend people to still use a smart scale because it still gives you a benchmark to understand how to improve the different metrics. So let's say if I get on a, uh, a smart scale and a smart scale shows me 3% off my real body fat, if I started improving my health and I gained, you know, in my, my body fat goes down by two pounds, that is still a, a very accurate indicator that your body fat is going down because it, it consistently stays the same at, you know, 3% of the gold standard, 5% of the gold standard, or 7% of the gold standard, depending on which smart scale you're getting out there. That makes sense. You're saying, look, even if we're not 100% accurate, 
at least we're consistent and all you need is a sense of trends. You're not looking to mm -hmm. understand what exactly your body fat percentage is, right? Exactly. The trend and understanding what the benchmark is and how to improve that uh, and what, which part of your body to improve as well. All right. So Jeff, these things that existed for years, decades, what were you going to add when you said, I'm going into this business? So smart skill have been in the market for a while. Um, we're not revolutionizing it, but what we're doing is number one, improving the accuracy of it. And most importantly, the experience of it. And a lot of the work that we do at FitTrack focuses on a software part of the business, how we can relay these data back to our customer in a more easy to understand way and how we can provide more actionable steps after as well. And finally, how we can keep our users more accountable to their own goals through software. And we are continuously building upon these uh, feature points to be able to provide a much more better value for our customer. And that was from the beginning. The idea was, what can we do to hold people accountable to not just give them data, but tell them what they should do? That was the very first version. Yes. And how okay. to make better choices, you know, based on the data that they understand. Did you completely shut down the previous business before launching this one? Or did you run them for a while side by side? So I've actually test, I, I did run them side by side. I tested FitTrack out on my Gadget Planet store first just to see within the Gadget Planner store, we were selling cool gadgets for guys. And I just wanted to validate my hypothesis of if this product has a product market fit. Um, and it did pretty well. And then I graduated it out to its own brand and, and building upon that. Okay, I'm gonna talk about my second sponsor. It's SEMrush. Do you know SEMrush? Have you used them? Yes, a yeah. lot of times. <laughs> oh, perfect. What did you SEMrush for? S-E-M-Rush. Just finding what keywords are ranking well uh, for our, you know, uh, keyword campaigns on Google. Um, I think SEO is also very important uh, for knowing what to optimize for. So we use a lot, a lot on it for specifically for SEO and SEM purposes. I'm noticing that that this is the top tool for search engine marketing, for search engine optimization. It's also becoming used more and more for content marketing. You can see what other people are doing on Twitter, if that's effective for them, how you compare to them, what's working for them, and uh, social media, online advertising, any kind of marketing. That's what SEMrush is for. If anyone wants to use it right now, I'm going to let them use it for free. If you go to semrush.com slash Mixergy, I know we did it before and then the free option was closed up. We're going to open it up again and then they're probably going to close it up again. Um, and frankly, Jeff, the reason they're opening and closing it is this deal for giving it out for free was made with somebody who's no longer at Semrush. The new person goes, we're not doing that. Well, anyway, we made a commitment. <laughs> so we're opening it up for a limited time. Here's what you, what you have to do. Just go to semrush.com slash Mixergy, S-E-M-R-U-S-H.com slash M-I-X-E-R-G-Y. You had a mentor who helped you too, right? Yes, I did. Who's the mentor? It's a guy named Manny uh, from Miami and he's launched, he's taken a few other e-com stores and he scaled them pretty hard and yeah, I've reached out to him on Facebook and we just connected and he, he, he taught me a lot about, you know, on, on the creative side on Facebook ads, on understanding how to test products better. Um, a lot of things I've learned on YouTube, but it, it's always good to have a mentor there to validate 
you know, I think as, when you think of a baby walking, it's always good to have a parent that's just making sure like, hey, you're doing a good job, you're doing correctly. Uh-huh. So I think he, he, he done a lot of that, you know, the hand holding in, in the very beginning part, which I, which I really uh, am grateful for. Why did Manny do this? Oh, I think number one, I think he wanted to give back because uh, he had a mentor himself as well. And I think he, that mentor has taught him a lot of stuff. Um, and he, I, from my understanding, I can't speak for him, but I, I believe that, he, and he's mentioned, he's a very big on to giving back and passing his knowledge down to different people. So I, I believe that that is one of the reasons. Is this Manny Hernandez? Um, no, it's uh, Manny Gladwell. Manny Gladwell, I'm gonna look this guy up. Maybe I should have him on too. All right, how hard was it to build your first scale? It was my, it wasn't that hard just being, as I mentioned before, there are already scales in the market. I think it was more on the software side of thing, which was much more the harder part of like, how can we make it more accurate? Um, and how can we make the, the data more easy to understand by our customer? How can we make it more actionable? How can we keep them more accountable? So really working on number one, the software piece. And then the UX UI piece as well on being able to relay these data back to uh, the customer in the, in the best way possible. What was in the first version of the app? The first version was a uh, very easy to understand the, your 17 metrics, uh, where you've ranked on the metrics. It didn't have the explanation of what each metric really means and how you can do to improve that. Um, and we didn't have necessarily, when it comes to the tracking your, your your trends and data through the past three months, past six months, I think the experience of that wasn't that great either, um, and which we've improved a lot since then. What are the 17 different points that you mentioned? Um, we measure body fat percentage, your visceral fat, your muscle mass, your protein rate. Uh- you can do uh, protein rate? Yeah. From people's feet? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And then you listed it on Amazon. Is that the first place where you got your first sales or your site? Oh, I Yeah, I first started selling it on my, on my website first, and okay. then we went into Amazon right after. What worked for you for getting customers to your own site? I've been finding that Shopify stores are doing better now, but truthfully, two years ago when I was interviewing entrepreneurs, they would give me their overall sales number, but hardly any of it was coming from their Shopify store. It was mostly Amazon. Shopify was the wish uh, store where they wished someone would buy. Amazon was where they were really getting sales. You started with your own site. How did you uh, how did you get customers there? What was working? In terms, I think we really have a very strong marketing uh, plan and strategy um, on acquiring customer to the store. And that comes down to, I mean, the different channels, right? Like Facebook, Instagram, uh, influencer, YouTube ads, and the success of being able to scale your own store up is truly being able to understand your customer really well and being able to build uh, messaging and ads that really resonate with the customer. Can you be more specific? Like what? What did you do that got someone over to your site? You were buying ads. What did the ad, what did the ad say that was so effective? So I'll use FitTrack, for example, mm-hmm. um, when we first started launching FitTrack, we had, you know, hypothesis of from the research that we've done of what are the different user journeys that people are, are trying to 
to, to use a smart scale. So we have people who are interested in weight management because they started a keto diet program um, and they wanted to see how the keto diet is affecting their, their health, their, 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 their weight. Um, there are people who have diabetes who just want to be able to manage, manage their, their, their health better. Um, and they want to they measure more than just weight because they want to understand their health even better. There are people who go to the gym and, again, they understand that weight is not necessarily a all-encompassing thing to really measure your body composition instead. So we understanding all the different customer journey of people who have even quit smoking, right? When they, when you quit smoking, you start gaining weight. They, you know, wanted to have a healthier lifestyle and having something to be more, uh, having something to keep them accountable. So understanding all of these different customer journey and what are the, all the different customer pain points. So let's say on a keto diet, the pain point is, you know, uh, maybe not under, not seeing an effect like, Hey, is this my diet helping? Is it changing? My weight stays the same they want to understand a bit more what's is my keto diet working or not people who are working out i've hit a plateau what's happening um so i think all of these allowed us to really understand a customer's pain point and really build messaging to craft that i think the success of, of you know you've seen ads where you're like you know going through your feed or wherever that is being like oh wow like how do they know right and that's the the, the stuff when you really understand your customer you'll be able to build creative that really mm. resonates with the customer, which then leads to uh, purchase or sales after. You know what? I've seen that. How do you know? What do you do to understand someone so well that you can come up with an ad that touches exactly what's bothering them? And often they do it in a video, which is hard to edit over and over. Mm -hmm. I think that comes to really, really good customer research. There's plenty of ways to do it, right? I first started out by just combing through Amazon reviews and, and really diving and understanding how to pick out what people are really saying. Okay. I started out doing that. And then I follow through after I have monthly calls with my customers, you know, um, understanding what made, what was the motivation that they bought the product, you know, what were some of the pain points. And it really takes a skill interviewer to, to really mm -hmm. pull some of the real questions out of people. And I think as a company grow, I think having a consumer insights team and a data analyst is, is also very crucial. And that's where we are today. And, and we're able to learn a lot more about our customer today than where we started out, you know, uh, two years ago. All right. I've noticed that you've got other products. What's the next product that you created? In terms of the product is launching or the product that we're going to be launching? I think you've got, you've got a smartwatch now too. Is that the next item yeah so we launched a smartwatch because we wanted to allow people to be able to track their daily movement um, how well they sleep and being able to tie that all and show them how that affects their overall health and that's that's why we created the smartwatch but we are working on a, a plethora of new products which i can't disclose at the moment but very exciting stuff that's coming out very very soon Right. I saw there's a thermometer too, for example. So is the idea yeah, to just say, all oh, go ahead. This is a delay. So, and all of that just basically allows people to see, you know, how to be able to manage their health better by making it easy to understand, actionable and sustainable. It seems like what you're doing is saying, what are the health products that people have right now that are already smart? Let's create those better and with software that gives them more insights, not just numbers. 
right? Exactly. And showing them how it all connects, you know, to a full picture of their health, right? And so anything that's digital, like I could imagine, uh, what's that thing that does the blood oxygen level that everyone was talking about in the early days of COVID? The uh, yeah, that app- CO2 sensor. Yes. So was that a product that you were considering? That seems like along the lines of what you're thinking of. Yes. So we, so the blood oxygen is one of the touch point to allow people to understand their health better. So within our smartwatch, it also measures your SpO2. So we, we didn't feel like a need to launch that. And the goal isn't to have, you know, 200 different devices to measure health. The goal is to really make health management simple. And how do we do that? By creating simple products that, that are able to ma- measure all of these different items. Oh, look at that. I didn't realize there was an oximeter in there. Yeah. In the it watch. Your blood yep. It measures your blood oxygen. It measures your, your temperature as well. It measures your heart. Rate. Temperature too? It, yep. It measures temperature too. I didn't see that. But now that I look at it, I could see in the image on the Amazon store, blood oxygen level um, is right there at the very top and, and temperature, sleep tracking. All right. One of the things you told our producer that you're wrestling with now is now as the business is getting bigger, how do you deal with the company culture? What's the challenge and how are you dealing with it? I think as, as a, when a company grow as rapidly as we are, we really need to be able to build processes in place. I think a lot of times we've seen in the past where when we grew from 20 people to 30 people to 60 people to now 200 people globally. How can we build, continue having that same culture? I think it's setting processes in place, you know, having the right OKRs, having the right, you know, uh, management platform, having the right people team. And I think we are very lucky to have a very strong people team, number one, and as well as we're very lucky to hire everyone who have that who really embodies our culture, which is, you know, the passion for winning, customer obsession, um, trust and transparency. Uh, and, and we're able to keep our company culture by building a lot of processes uh, to keep everyone, you know, in check and in place. Do you think this type of approach would work for other, other categories within Amazon? With the idea of saying, we're going to take what's already smart but make it smarter and then add software so that it could make sense. Like I could imagine a thermometer for the oven might work that way too, but nobody really needs it to be that much smarter and nobody needs updated information, but you know what I mean? Are there other categories where that is necessary? I think it's about providing more value to the user via software. And there are plenty of brands that have done that. Right. I mean, if you look at the, our, Threat mail. There are companies out there that now have threat mail combined with an app to show you workouts that you can do with your threat mail or a bike, you know, with uh, life classes on the bike. So there are plenty of companies out there who have taken, you know, products, hardware products, and then understanding how can we provide a better experience for our customer? How can we provide a better value for our customer? What's, an, what's another example of that, of a company that's doing, or, or where that could happen if it hasn't yet happened? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to use Peloton, for example, right? Like a, a, a running, a, a bike is just a bike. And one thing that they've done well was being able to emerge software with that, being able to bring live classes into the 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 usual exactly. bike journey. Yes. Cycling journey, yes. I'm trying to think of others. I'm going into the uh, to the Amazon store, looking at electronics and seeing what it is that can be, that 
that hasn't been digitized that somebody can do what you did to it. I do notice mm -hmm. the cameras that happened to cameras fairly quickly, right? Wise, I think, did it on a cheaper end. They said, let's stick with cheap cameras, add a little bit of software and make it a little bit more useful. Um, even, even a bet, for example, a, a normal bet, bet that uh -huh. we sleep in every night, if you can build some tech into it, where ah. it measures the sleep and all of these, that allows you to have a better experience better value because you now you're not just sleeping you're also understanding how well you're sleeping you know what your rem is like you know what your sleep score is like so there's plenty of like there's a lot of products you know at the end of the day i find you provide more value by it's truly the software part of things that allows us today to mm -hmm. create more value for and better experience for the users all right. I think that makes sense. Now I'm going to start looking around my house, around work and trying to see what is it that that already has intelligence that doesn't have good software or or doesn't have any at all and could use it. And the thing that I keep going to is something that others have done, which is the water bottle. You look at the water bottle and there's this like need for some reason for entrepreneurs to add counters on it. I don't think consumers have really bought into that, but there are other products around. All right. Definitely. I'm, I'm sure if you, if you look hard enough, there's plenty of stuff around, you know, that can be modernized, you know, to give that experience uh, for us. All right. This is inspiring what you've been able to do. I, I had no idea that there was such a big company behind this product that I saw on Amazon. And um, I'm glad that you're on here to talk about it. Jeff Lee, FitTrack, uh, and everyone should go check out the store at FitTrack.com or where, where are you selling mostly? Where's the percentage breakdown? Your store or other stores? We sell very well uh, on our store, which is uh, fitrack.com. Uh, mm -hmm. We also sell on Amazon, Best Buy, and Macy's as well. What is it? 30 to 40%, I think you said before, is on your site. And then Best Buy, Amazon, et cetera, is the others? Uh, Amazon would, would be 30% and then 5% on the others. And most of them will be on our store. All right. Congratulations. Thanks so much for doing this, Jeff. Thanks a lot, Andrew. It was a pleasure chatting with you today. Same here. Bye, everyone. And remember, this interview is sponsored by HostGator, hostgator.com slash Mixergy, and get SEMrush for free right now at SEMrush.com slash Mixergy. Bye, everyone.